Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by Heart and Soul Broadcasting Services. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today I'm in conversation with Memory Ngui, an HR practitioner. Enjoy this truly informative conversation. Memory Ngui, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. Thank you very much, Trevor. Memory, I, th I thought we would start um, at an interesting space, which is there's a lot of talk about the new workspace. Mm -hmm. Is there anything like that? Is there a new workspace? What makes it new? How is it different from the workspaces we've had? I don't think there's anything new. If you remember when COVID started, uh, we were forced to work from home. It was not a choice. Uh, at that time, I think a month after COVID started, we did a research. And we found that people were actually craving to go back to the office uh, because of uh, one of the major reasons was loneliness. And the work environment is not good for, for work. Mm -hmm. the, the, the home environment is yeah. not good for work. So that was one of the challenges. But also there was a, one other interesting fact that managers were not used to supervising people that they could not see. So that presented problems, power going away, people getting stressed, the number of calls that you get from your manager, even if you're working from home, we had scenarios where people actually ignoring their managers, they get offended and all these things. So the work from home concept, in fact, when you go back to research, you'll find that the, there is no scientific evidence that actually shows that there is an increase in productivity. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I must say my own personal experience mm. was... Um, uh, that when it started, mm. it felt very interesting. It was it was novel. It was it was exciting. Mm. But with time, it, it you began to miss going away to a different place and coming back home. Mm -hmm. And I I think I'm now at a place where actually working from home, mm. even when I have a big office or whatever, mm. it's not going to be an option. Are you finding a lot of people in that space? Yeah, we locally, I think uh, most of the professional firms, uh, they, they've got the infrastructure to yeah. work from home. Uh, when you compare it to other jobs, there are some jobs where you can't work from home. Right. But the, those that provide professional services, it's easy to, to switch between home and, and work. And in, in some cases, you'll find that they would say 50%, you come mm. to the office, and 50% can operate from, from home. But the, if you look at Africa in general, the challenge has been the infrastructure, yeah. uh, electricity, uh, power cuts, and things like that. So what you're saying is the different the, 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 the situation is different to, let's say, America or the UK. There might be factors that allow people to work from, from home in those, yeah. in and those spaces. And if you look at the statistics, you also notice that those countries, the developed countries, most of them, it already pre-COVID, they already had a, a sizable number of people already working from home, especially those in professional firms. Right. Yeah. There's there's something new though in the workspace: mm -hmm. the prevalence of your millennials mm -hmm. and the Gen Z. Mm -hmm. What is what are you getting from the market in terms of what this what these two generations are demanding as far as the workspace is concerned? Yeah. Well, at least there is a, a perception that there there is a difference. Uh, there is actually a challenge. If you go back to scientific research, you notice that in terms of actual productivity or work outcomes, there is actually no difference mm. uh, between those two. Proper, proper scientific research. I was right. actually looking at it as recently as a few weeks ago right. when we had an argument. There is actually no significant difference. 
But people do think that there is a perception that the other generation has got certain preference than the other one. One of the challenges is actually to define those generational codes. Who mm. put the time frame? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is the, the beginning of the problem in terms of demarcation of research. Even when you look locally, when people say the, the, the liberators, those who went to war, and, and the born freeze, again, the demarcation is, is very difficult to do. So that is, that is what has affected research and the outcomes that come out of there. So I would really not uh, recommend that you worry too much about that. In terms really? Of, yeah, I do. But yeah. what, what about the fact that particularly Gen Z, in terms of um, uh, their preferences, you know, technology, um, being more connected to technology, they, they, they are free spirits. Um, they don't want to be controlled and so forth. That's, at least that's yeah. what I'm, yeah. I'm reading. Is that, is that not a factor that uh, says they ought to be managed differently? Yeah, if you go back to research, what they are saying is that this is what people are observing. Mm -hmm. But when you put it to scientific test, uh, those, uh, those differences actually bled. Okay, but for people, we did another research locally where we found no significant difference in yeah. terms of benefits that employees prefer, whether they are in this category of generation or the other one. There's no, they are the same. Right. So that also speaks to support the, the same uh, conclusion that was done. Because the conclusion was not just done by an ordinary research. It was right. actually deep uh, meta-analytic studies where there is a consolidation of proper top-notch scientific research. And uh, if you go to a website called Science for Work, okay. they actually got that research mm -hmm. uh, where they summarize. They say, look, uh, in actual fact, they, 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 they classify it as a myth. So there are those generational differences, and I do believe them. That's the, really? Yeah. I, I, I hold a different view. What, yeah. what about the, um, I mean, we had uh, uh, Tashinga Vekera mm. here, a lawyer, okay. and she was talking about her own personal experiences. Mm. She's come back from the diaspora. Mm. She's got a nose ring. Mm. Um, she's got uh, a dread. And certain, uh, there's a certain generation, my generation, that would look at that person and say, you know, your dreads ought to go. Your nose ring um, is not for the workspace. Don't we have that clash of attitudes in the workspace? What, what, what is evident and clear is that uh, uh, dressing uh, evolves. Even if you go back yeah. where we started, yeah. what we are putting on now. So that is a natural progression. But 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we could be seeing completely different things in terms of dressing and style. Um, I can give you an example. I've got one young man uh, who put on dreadlocks. I've never, I, when he came for the interview, some people were shocked. They looked uh, at me and they never commented. To me, it's, it's immaterial. Some people were shocked. Yes. But you some, were not shocked. I was not because I know the science, what science says. He's actually a very good man in terms of, of work performance. But what about that, that other group of other people that we, we... we... After that, we had a discussion. Then yeah. I said, look, this is immaterial. It has nothing to do with the actual job performance. Mm. Like many other things that people put uh, 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 emphasis on, age, uh, gender, and many other things, science shows that there's no significant relationship. If, for example, people ask you when you go for an interview, mm. are you married? Mm. How many kids do you have? There's no significance. Uh, in actual fact, even much more, the issue of whether you, are, you spend more years in, in school is actually a very weak correlation with actual job performance. Mm. Okay, even where if you have spent more years in a particular job, uh, when you when you compare in terms of the correlation between number of years spent in a particular job and and the actual job performance, the relationship is very weak. Actually, recently, Harvard published a, 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 a article summarizing research that is actually showing now that is that there is no correlation. So, what's the most important thing? The most important when I'm thing hiring? is what is in your brain. Hmm. Your ability to think and find yeah. solutions to problems, that's key. And, and, and that, that, that gets um, uh, 
you know, analyzed as you do the, the interviews and the tests. And, yeah, yeah. So, so what the, the problem that you see is that if you look at Zimbabwe, maybe across the globe, the, which is something that even this uh, website that I was talking to you about science for work is trying to, 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 to demystify. If you want to hire someone now, the first thing that you see is that a uh, uh, first degree plus a master's degree is an added advantage. There is no science that shows that if you've got a master's degree, it's an added advantage in the job. I'm sure you know. Yeah. There are people that have hired with ticking all those boxes but can't deliver. So I, I would not, people don't want to go to science. There is a very interesting book that you must read. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called um, Denying to the Grave. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You must read that book. It's sure. actually presenting facts. and Denying to the Grave. To the grave. Mm -hmm. It's presenting fact, scientific facts that you can't dispute, but people still don't want to, to practice. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. So those are some of the, the challenges. That's why you find that uh, most companies you find, I have, have you ever heard of a company that was run down by a, a person who is with an O level mm. in this country, for example? Mm, no. 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 They're all masters, PhD. Yeah, chartered accountants. Yes, yes. So, so so those are the facts, but people don't want to mm. to, to, to believe that. Mm. Yeah. Let, let's talk now about the importance of the HR department. Yeah. Uh, Jack Welsh, mm. uh, in his book, Winning, says, it's important to elevate HR to a position of power. Uh, and importance in, a, in an organization. And they actually recommend that the, the HR function should, as, should be as near to the CEO as possible. Is, is that a view, your view? And in, in your assessment of the local environment, is HR given the recognition that it deserves? If you look generally, Trevor, you'll find that most companies that do well, you'll see where they are pitching their HR. It's at the right level. It has got the right access to the CEO. It has got the right access to the board. That's where you see the difference. Then you can go to some companies that are struggling with industrial relations and even the performance. You'll find the, the HR role is reporting to someone in finance and admin mm -hmm. or operations. Once you do that, you're already showing that there is a problem mm -hmm. in, the, in the organization. And mm -hmm. we do have quite a significant number of people who have risen from HR to be CEOs. Very good ones, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think one of them being uh, a precious mm -hmm. Nika, isn't it? John Teaser. John Teaser. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, the late Theo Moy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. what, what's the right level in a view? Is, is that proximity to the CEO? Is the proximity, uh, the title to me doesn't matter. Uh, it could be an executive. But it must report to, to the, the CEO. CEO. Don't make that mistake. Once you get HR to report somewhere else, uh, the problem is you're creating a buffer between the CEO and the people. Mm. You're creating a buffer between the CEO and the concerns of your employees. Mm. So there's, there's, a finance person will never be able to supervise HR. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of uh, finance people out there that, yeah. that would disagree with yeah. you. Um, and, and then in terms of the right person to... Um, to, that, to run the HR department. Mm -hmm. Jack Walsh says HR types are pastors and parents. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? I or disagree. You disagree? In actual fact, when you look now, you'll find that HR is now moving towards evidence-based management. And there's a big movement around mm -hmm. that. That HR is a science. We must make our decisions based on scientific evidence. If I'm going to recommend Trevor to, to be in a higher role, mm. what is it that I have seen? Mm. Uh, am I using my own intuition or there is evidence to show that Trevor can actually succeed mm. in, in, in a higher role? So there is a movement going on in terms of evidence-based HR. 
And uh, while these people, Asia people, need to be nice, uh, but I think uh, first of all they need to be business people. Mm. Because what you want is HR for business, not HR for HR. Mm. Because once you get an HR for HR, you're already in the wrong land. Mm. You want HR for business, someone who can come in there and be the sounding board for the CEO on, on issues to do with strategy and HR. Mm. Because most of the HR people, if they are good, they will also be very good on strategy. Mm. Yeah. So talk to me about what goes into making an HR person for business. Yeah. The first thing is that they must have a very clear understanding of how your business makes money. Mm. Uh, uh, they, they, if, if the first thing, obviously, is to understand the income statement, the cash flow statement, the balance sheet. What, how the, what they're doing in HR is actually impacting the balance sheet. Mm. It's actually impacting cash flow in the income statement. Those three, for me, are anchor. Then from there, you then look at uh, just understanding the general strategy. Mm. How do we win? Both their role is to make sure the business wins on the market. That, that's their role. Mm. Nothing else. The rest, yes, they can do it through HR, but their role is to make sure that Not to control. No. Not no. to intimidate. Yeah, no, if you, if you still find someone is worried about leave days and all that, they are not HR. <laughs> we'll find a name for them. They are not what name? What name? What's the name you've got for them? <laughs> uh, maybe they're industrial relations. They're not HR. <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, in your dealing mm. with our HR environment, and you, you will talk about, uh, if we find time, mm. you, you have a broad purview. You, yeah. You've sat on boards, yeah, you've yeah. risen from the bottom yeah. as a personal, yeah. assistant, personnel yes. assistant to, to where you are running your own business now. Mm. What, do you, what would you say are the three most uh, difficult challenges that the workplace is dealing with at the moment, given the environment and everything else? The, the, what I, for me, I think the biggest across is uh, what, what, what lacks in the organization is what is called psychological safety. Mm -hmm. This is the, the, the freedom to disagree. Mm. Allowing people the freedom to say, Trevor, I don't think the strategy works. Mm -hmm. And you walk away and go and think about it uh, without punishing the person who has actually raised the concern. Mm -hmm. Okay? For, even if you go, Google did a big study called Project Oxygen. And in that particular study, they found that, oh, this team building that you got people going for team building, for me, it's a waste of time. As long as psychological safety is not there, you go there, I'm sure for those that have gone for team building, you go there, you come back, you go very excited in Yanga and Big Force, you come back. When you come back, you are back to square one. You know, you are back to reality. That's what you see. But if there's psychological safety, we put things on the table. Yeah. 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 Regardless of level. If you're in a meeting, let people put their views on the table. And the views must compete for authenticity and credibility. So you're saying yeah. team building is a waste of money and time. If, if psychological safety is not addressed, you must read the book called uh, The Fearless Organization by Amy Edmondson. Mm -hmm. That book lays bare. For example, if you look at the Fukushima disaster, what happened there is that employees actually knew what the problem was. Mm -hmm. But they were ignored. They had no platform to be able to, call to air the concerns. Yeah, the Boeing uh, problem, remember, there's uh, the yes, 37 yes, marks. Yeah. If you read the report, it's the same thing. Uh, it's people, uh, there is actually a conversation of the pilots talking about the problem because the, the plane was going up and down. And, and, and they actually, it was captured in their conversation in the post investigation. So, so when the pilot was asked, why are you not telling this to your boss? Hey, look, it's career limiting. Mm. And most people are holding, uh, holding off the ideas because if they put them on their table, it's career limiting. Mm. And so they will let you go. Have you ever been in a meeting where everyone agrees with you? <laughs> Then the moment they walk out, they say, Trevor is crazy. This thing will not work. Okay? 
Okay, the moment we find that after every meeting there are more conversations outside the meeting, it's an indication of no psychological safety. So if organization could build psychological safety, problem number one would have gone for me. How do you build the psychological safety? Psychological safety is start with the leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're conversing with your staff, giving them the platform, initially it would be unpleasant. Let me tell you, and yeah. people don't like negative feedback. It will be very unpleasant, but when you get used to it, it becomes part of your, mm. your culture. Mm. Yeah, that's key. Mm. Then the third issue is, uh, uh, you know, culture is very strong. Okay? Because culture for me is the rules of belonging, not, not the way we do things around here. If I come and join an organization, I need to know if I want to belong, there, there will be subcultures in there. If I want to belong to a certain group, I must comply. With the rules of belonging. Have you ever gone into? For those that have started joining and you have joined an organization, I'm sure you have had the feeling where come in there, energetic. You run around, you send emails, you want documents, you give people deadlines, uh, and you know response. You do that after your probation, you start asking them where can we eat, Saturday lunch, and things like that. Already you have been assimilated. Okay, so anyone who wants to do culture change from outside in. Uh, if they don't do it in the first two, first two months, they're out. Mm. Okay? Because the culture is so powerful. Culture can make people incompetent. Mm. But the unfortunate part is that most leaders don't take culture seriously. It's a top priority. If you, if you address the culture issue in an organization, the rest of the things are easy. Mm. You don't necessarily have to be at work for mm. things to happen. How, how bad is that problem in this country? Oh, it's prevalent. Because uh, culture manifests itself into bu in business outcomes. Mm. For example, if you go to an organization that's poor customer service, it's a it's a manifestation. Okay, it's an iceberg. Mm. Uh, the, the core assumptions. It, let me give you a, a very good example. Mm. You may find you go into an organization if the leadership believes that people here are lazy. The way they supervise you is different. Mm. Okay, every two minutes, where are you? Mm. Every five minutes, where are you? And the, you know, micromanaging. That's what that's what they, they do. And also, if you believe that your employees are thieves, you will search them when they leave. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Mm. That's the basic underlying assumption. Mm. I was asking some people in the retail, why do you search your people when they go out? Mm. So you just acknowledge that you hired thieves to be in charge of the team operator, the team. Why don't you hire the right person rather than wasting money trying to hire the security guard? They have plenty of security companies that are actually just there to search someone. Imagine. Mm. You're investing hundreds of dollars that you should pay someone in order to search an employee. For me, uh, that is a big problem. Mm. If you go to Costico, I think you know the retail, the giant. Yes. They don't search. Their shrinkage is the lowest in the world. The most profitable retail chain in the whole world is because of the culture. They've got a rich history where they deliberately said, we hire people that we want. The problem the third problem in organizations is that uh, people hire people that are wrong, then spend the rest of their life fighting them. You understand? <laughs> so for me, that is a challenge. Wow. Uh, if you read the book, I think it's um, uh, one of the, the guys who is running Google, uh, Google Apple, mm -hmm. uh, Tim Cook, actually. Mm -hmm. He said the advantage that we have, we invest in the hire and screen at entry. This side of the world... We don't screen at entry. We bring them in and start fighting with them. Mm. Most managers, if you look generally at statistics, you find that 70% of managers regret their hiring decisions a week after hiring. This person, I don't think they're the right person. So we're not spending enough time. Time to, to really look at the, the, the right person. One of the shocking statistics is that uh, about 80% from all in research, about 80% of the people actually do job interviews. They have never been trained to do job interviews. Hmm. Okay.
And we know the biases that you find in job interviews. You go there, if Trevor likes you, you're in. I remember at some stage, long back in one organization, so we're hiring a receptionist. So we interviewed three uh, uh, people. Uh, the first one came, uh, the final director said, no, 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 not this one. The second one came, then we had a break. When we went for the break, mm-hmm. uh, the, when we were regrouping now, the finance director then said, look, I think I found the person that I want. He said, how oh, do you know? We have not even interviewed. So let's bring them in. Mm-hmm. They walked in, beautiful lady. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for me, you can see the, the inclination to look up, to, to, to put beauty ahead of competence. And that happens all the time. Wow. Yeah, people who look smart, and who are very uh, articulate, tend well to be presented. Asked. Well presented, they yeah. get hired ahead of others. Yeah, yeah. In, in regardless of competence, so 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 you can see those. Yeah, there are more than fifty biases that you find in an interview. Yeah, that's why it's like tossing a coin if you don't do it. Properly. Most of the interviews are actually not structured. The reliability and validity of a structured interview is almost close to zero. Mm. Just speaking, you. Mm. An engineer, come in. Mm. You uh, go away. Mm. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Mm. So that those, are, I would think, those are the key challenges. Psychological safety, bad culture, and we are, we are not good at hiring. Mm. Yeah. There are people out there who are wasting out, away in terms of their talent, but who are so good that they can be developed to add value to the economy. There is something called leadership derailment, and it's largely emanating from a personality defect, which you can correct, by the way. <laughs> So in America, they were estimating that about they, they, they can't lose about 21 billion in leadership development. This is where someone very charismatic, very sharp, you know, switched on. Yeah. And on the basis of that, you hire that person to run the business. When, talk to me about when our when the culture outside mm-hmm. meets the culture inside. Mm-hmm. Can can the inside culture survive the, the the massive culture that's that's outside? And I'm talking here about mm-hmm. um, with with this in mind that there was a time when we we would say Zimbabwe's work ethic is amazing. I don't think it's so. In fact, I think it's, it's, it's deteriorated. Not even deteriorating. If you go back to research, it's about in terms of work ethic, it's actually bottom, uh, in the bottom 25. If you look at the research, that is comparing India and others. We are actually not up there. And I violated this. Have thing. we always been there? Yes, it has <clears> not changed. Okay, it has not changed. We have got good people just like any other country. It's, it's the same thing when people say Zimbabwe has got brilliant minds outside. We are comparing to... Because mm-hmm. when you go back to the Global Talent Index, for example... 2022, 2022, 2020, all the years. Yeah. We're in the bottom 25. Hmm. Okay. So people, that's why I was saying people must read the book Denying to the Grave. People don't want facts. They, they want to look at things that make the. So these are perceptions that I'm presenting. Yes, to you. these are perceptions. Yeah. We've got brilliant individuals out there, but they're a tiny drop in the ocean when you compare to Nigerians, for example. Brilliant. Go to the World Bank and mm. compare how many Zimbabweans mm. are there when you compare the Nigeria in other African countries. Mm. So I think the best the best starting point is to say let's clean up our system mm. here and say we acknowledge there are weaknesses in the education system that we need to address.
Okay. Shall, you know, shall we go there? Yeah. The weaknesses in the education yeah. system. How how are those manifesting themselves? I mean, we had Professor um, Christopher Chetanga here, mm. and his view quite strongly is that uh, our education system does not cater to our industrial ambitions, if we've got any. Mm. Is that your sense? No. My, my view is that the, where we are going now, you don't want to, uh, someone to go to university and be narrow-minded. You want to develop critical thinking. Okay, if you look at, uh, that's the key skill. If you look at the Delta research that was done by McKinsey, you will notice that critical thinking is top. So you want someone, let me give you a story. Mm -hmm. When I left university, uh, I, I didn't include it there, because it was a short stint. I went to Buckley's. I was training as a banker. I lasted for four months. Okay, I had people. I had people who had done biochemistry. I had people who had done economics, agriculture. Uh, uh, what is it called? BA religious studies. Mm -hmm. Okay, in the same group, I think we were roughly about twenty-two of us. Some are still there. Some are outside the country. So it was a very interesting approach uh, that Buckley had that time. So they were training you to be understand banking first. Mm. Then after that, you branch into HR, IT, and other. The first year was all banking, you see. So I don't, with most professions in this country, or globally, you don't necessarily have to, look at some of your best bankers are actually engineers. Mm. Some of your best HR people are actually engineers. Do you know that? No, yeah, know yes, that. they are. Some of your best people, uh, we won't mention some of the names, but some of the big names that I know who are actually even outside the country in HR engineering. Mm. Yes. Because we are, What's the connection? The, the connection is that anyone who goes to do a degree is good enough in terms of uh, foundation. Okay. They must then have something added, mm -hmm. which is critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Which means if I take an engineer and train them as a banker, they must be able to survive. Mm -hmm. if I, but it's not, you can't then take a, 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 someone who has done a BA religious studies and be an engineer. No. They are certain professions. Yes. Yeah, and we are missing a big opportunity where we got the some of the best minds that could actually be in leadership to change the course of the organization. What should we do? It's career guidance as well. People okay. don't know. My my stint with the backless actually opened my mind. Okay. In, in what way? In what way? In the sense that I then realized that I must not be constrained mm -hmm. by what I have studied. I studied psychology. And some people say, ah, you are, we are going to teach somewhere in the rural areas there. This is a dead degree and everything. But I can tell you, Trevor, when I left, I, had only, I didn't even last one month I was already working. What actually happened is that I had applied for a graduate traineeship at Tenno. Uh -huh. Okay? So, Mrs. Munjanja, who was the head of uh, the, the HR director at that time, uh, I think when she was going through the CVs, she just said, oh, the CV is just too good. Let me call this young man. I went there for a chat. I started working the same day that I went just to see her. Why so, did you last four months at Barclays? Uh, a good opportunity came. I then I went to BHP. I see. Okay. I see. So I went to, to uh, the BHP opportunity. I couldn't miss it. My salary, I was earning something there. My salary went up by seven times. So I couldn't miss it. Uh, do, do you regret leaving banking? No, yeah. never. That was the best opportunity for me to go to BHP. The exposure that I got to BHP, other mm. people would never get them in their life. Mm. Remember, at that time, BHP was the best investment ever to come to. Yes. To the, the resources, the, the facilities, mm. everything that I wanted mm. to learn, I learned there. Fantastic. Luckily, soon after BHP, I then went to Ernest & Young. Again, then, oh. again, again, a top firm. Mm. Uh, and I learned a lot out of there. I was leading some of the projects. and I learned, I learned a lot. We'll talk about that yeah. later. Yeah. So you, you, you're saying that there's nothing wrong with our education. Mm -hmm. 
for us to get the right people, we need to allow people to be broad-minded and then specialize down the line. Do you want to develop that yeah. point further? Yes. The, 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 the issue is uh, when people go to university, they want to get a, an engineering degree, degree they want to get a, a, B, a BAC degree and things like that. For me, it's too limiting. And at that time, probably have not even made your choices in terms of whether this is the right way to, mm. to, to, to go. So what I suggest is that people must get proper career advice and, 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 and guidance. That your degree must not confine you. There are lots of opportunities that, that are there. Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. I will not mention the name. There's a lady that uh, I hired myself. And this lady had a chemistry degree. Okay? Trained this lady, I think, roughly four years, five years. And now she has landed a very good job in HR. Mm. Okay? But, in, but she has got chemistry. Okay. So she's sitting at home, you think I've got chemistry, I must go and work in a lab. Mm. Not necessarily. Mm. Not necessarily. There are people out there who are wasting out, away in terms of their talent, but who are so good that they're going to be developed to add value to the economy of this country. How do we do that? Well, that's a powerful thing that yes, you're raising yes. there. The issue is that we, other schools are doing it. It's really to go out there and educate the people about career guidance. Most people don't know. Let me give you another example, Trevor. Most parents are wasting their only resources to add end resources by saying to their kids, you know, I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be an accountant. When the, when the, when the, when the, when the child is not suited for that mm, role. Mm. We are all gifted differently. So uh, in psychology, we, call, we study individual differences and we know them. Mm. There's no way we are all the same. We are gifted differently. We have got something that is better than someone else <laughs> elsewhere. The key is to capitalize on that something that we have. Yeah. But people don't know it. So you capitalize on that thing that, you do, that we have. And once you do that... When you found it. Yes. You'll find that everything mm. works. There are some parents that I was... I was talking to some parents, and uh, they were indicating that, you know, if they knew... If we had had the conversation that we had with them earlier, they would have made better choices for their children. Mm. Because they... Imagine you take someone to, to A-level, very expensive school, they come up with 2.0 points. Mm. The loss is massive. Absolutely. You have devastated the child. You have dented their confidence. You start from zero. This is where you then say, look, can you go and manage the farm? Mm. Okay? You start giving them chicken and stuff when they're actually up there. They must be somewhere up there. If only they've been guided properly. They could have just gone and do religious studies and gone to university. And, in, instead of chasing yeah, uh, father's it, dreams yes, and mother's it, dreams. Which is a problem. Mm. Which is a problem for me. I think that's, that's the challenge that we see. Mm. Yeah. What's your assessment of uh, our talent pool in the country at mm. the moment? I, I hear a lot, again, you, you, you're making me become very cautious about mm. <laughs> talking about uh, the perception. The perception is that we're losing lots of talent, mm. that we don't have the talent pool mm. um, for what we want to do as a country. What's your assessment? I, I, I think we do have the talent. Uh, you know, if the talent is misaligned, it creates problems for you. Mm -hmm. There are people who are underemployed. So you find an accountant is a receptionist. Mm -hmm. And you spend money educating that accountant. Mm -hmm. You'll find an engineer is a clerk. Mm -hmm. Look at that, the wastage that, that, that is there. The talent is there. But the, 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 I went through a graduate traineeship program, which I joined in Buckley, then ran away and went to BHP. Uh, BHP, I, I then did what I wanted to do. So... A structured, two-year structured program 
everything that I know about Asia and the foundation that I have, I learned it there. Hmm. The top notch, I learned it there uh, at BHP. So for me, is the is the structure. If companies could be encouraged to take on graduate training, they are, look at the top companies here. They actually uh, constant supply of talent. Graduate, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. of graduates. That's that, for every company that can afford. I think that would be the best way. Apprenticeship, your graduate traineeship, a source of talent. Mm-hmm. Just look at where the people that go through those two programs end up. Mm-hmm. Our artisans taken by South Africa, most of them in Namibia. You go to your graduate trainees, people who have gone through a proper graduate traineeship. They don't take long to be in management positions mm-hmm. and executives. Look at around all the people I know have interviewed some here that, that are in top roles. Most of them, you know, they were actually under the Anglo uh, graduate trainee program. And that shows you something that works. Mm-hmm. And people are failing to just replicate. <laughs> For me, that's a challenge. You just replicate. So talent is there. Yes, we are losing. Uh, if you go to the Global uh, Competitiveness Index, one of the, the, the weakest link that we, area that we have is that we can't attract talent from other countries. All right. Yeah. So th- that's how also we are ranked. How many people are, are actually have got patents that are being registered here? Yeah. If you go to other countries, that's big. Uh, the same applies for people who are actually doing the PhDs, for example. Mm. How many people are actually have got PhDs that are bankable, where we can produce a product, or where we can change, transform something in the country. Uh, it's more about title than the results mm. and the impact on the economy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've you've um, made me think um, around, rethink my position around team building. Yeah. <laughs> you've yeah. challenged yeah. Um, that idea. There, there are other concepts mm. um, uh, like, um, uh, what is it called, balance scorecards. Mm. Uh, measurement of uh, output and that kind of stuff. Mm. I find these are fancy words, mm. um, and I wonder whether we actually go out and practice these. My experience is that uh, if I were to look at some of the studies that we did, they started in 2017 and another one in 2019, just going out there and asking uh, HR managers uh, about performance management, about 80% have no confidence in their own performance management. In actual fact, some of them were saying it's a waste of time. There's no commitment. The goals are not set properly. No one is appraised. People get promoted using something else that is not performance. So people get disillusioned. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, those things that come, you know, it's just like a combined harvester. You give a farmer a combined harvester. They can decide to go shopping with it. They can decide to do farming <laughs> with it. So the choice yeah. is in leadership, the quality of the leadership. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, mm. the terms are found them now. Mm. Productive, productivity measurements, mm-hmm. balance scorecard, employee engagement, mm. and I, I say to myself, what happened to the old-fashioned uh, personal motivation, mm. the drive? Mm. That, 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 so, so for me, I find these terms mm. uh, fancy, but not applicable. And you're confirming it by yeah. saying 80% of the people yeah. don't believe in those. Yeah, they don't. They don't. One of the things that maybe you need to, 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 to share with the viewers, Trevor, is that uh, let's look at two things. The first one is personality. Personality is largely hereditary and partly childhood experience before the age of 10. Okay? So, if I look at uh, some of the people that you take for team building and wanting to change their attitude and things like that, they don't change. No. They come back and relapse. <laughs> okay? If you just want to try, just take a pen and paper and write your signature. And try to use the other hand to write the same signature. Mm. And the discomfort that you feel is exactly the discomfort that people feel when and someone wants to change their personality. Okay. It's like customer service. Let me give you an example. 
I see a lot of companies wasting money training people in customer service. You train people in customer service, uh, if you get the maximum value, if you train people in customer service, those that have got a natural ability to serve others. Mm. There are some people who would very well get frustrated very easily, and it's all to do with their personality. So whether you will send them to trading in the UK, you are just wasting your money. Uh, because those people will not change mm. their attitude. I'm sure I've seen people yeah. that try that, but this person, we have sent them for courses. So what, what do we do? Uh, 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 like Tim Cook said, yeah. mm. mm -hmm. if you're going to customer service, mm. did you get the right person for customer mm. service? Mm. Some of them must just be in the security services. Mm. Probably a bit of aggression is required. Mm. They must not be anywhere close to your customers, but mm. they will not be able to handle them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, the issue of leadership mm. uh, sends me to this place, which mm. is... The, the, the influence of leadership mm. in in molding a company and and in getting the results that companies get. Mm. I'll run down a couple of, a couple yeah. of companies for you: yeah. Google, mm -hmm. um, Apple, mm. Amazon, Tesla, and Uber, and uh, uh, the Rupert Murdoch uh, yeah. uh, companies. Yeah. This the, what, my analysis of that is: you have big individuals, big characters. Mm. Big egos, mm -hmm. bullies, mm -hmm. um, and yet the drive change. Mm -hmm. um, Elon Musk, um, you know, the Tim Cook is slightly yes, is slightly different, different yeah. but the guy who was in, in, instrumental for Apple, what's his name? Um, yeah, Steve Jobs. Uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Steve Jobs was was mm -hmm. disagreeable, mm -hmm. but he he got the result. So what what are we looking at mm -hmm. when when you say? Leadership. What, what is it that you're talking about? There is are, a, are these not there is, leaders? There is something called leadership derailment, and it's largely emanating from a personality defect, which you can correct, by the way. <laughs> so in America, they were estimating that about they, they, they can't lose about 21 billion in leadership derailment. This is where someone very charismatic, very sharp, you know, switched on. Yeah. Uh, and on the basis of that, you hire that person to run the business. But they've got personality defects. They are narcissistic. Yeah. Okay? They are obsessed about themselves. Uh, they, they don't care about anyone else. If you cross their path, you get crushed. Those are the leaders that you, that you get most of the time. The problem is that their success is normally not long-term. Uh -huh. It's always short-lived. Just look at the history. It's only, look, even if you look at uh, the, 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 the guy, Elon Musk and others, you already you can see there are already people <laughs> problems already. Uh, uh, Google, the same thing. Yeah. They are, they are all Uber, in, Uber, the same thing. Oh, they, Uber, they, they have to big, get rid of you know, the guy. The guy, mm -hmm. Uber, yeah. the, the big problem of his personality and also the culture that yes, he built. Yes. Uh, bullying. The, the bullying, uh, especially violence uh, uh, against women and things like that. So if you look at the history, you will notice that uh, these people have got short-term success. Yeah, it can go for 10 years, but it's still in the short term. Mm. But after that, you see things start deteriorating. Yeah. This is where you find the board the now comes catches in. up. Yes, the board then says, let's remove this person mm. and bring someone else. Mm. Sometimes it, it, the, the removal is done amicably. Sometimes yes. it's forced. Yeah. But most of the time, you know, people, leaders, when they gravitate into what are called psychopaths, a person, a person with no conscience, they don't feel guilty. They have no remorse. If they shout at you, they actually feel better. If they make you angry, they actually feel better. They actually go and eat a very good meal after harassing you. Damn gone. Damn gone. So those are the kind of leaders that you get. Because they are very charismatic as well. And they're very sharp. So they get promoted on the basis of their ability. Okay? 
Uh, and uh, psychologists obviously refer to this as uh, intelligent fools, you know, mm. very intelligent, but also behaving foolish. Because they won't last. Yeah, they won't, they won't last. last. So what are we looking for mm. in a leader? The, the, for me, besides your technical know, I worry more about your personality. Okay, personality. Yeah, the, your personality. And anyone who goes, the more you go up, if you've got a personality uh, defect, the more dangerous you mm. are. Okay. And if you, you put those people close to power, you are actually in dangerous territory. Mm. Yeah. And they can, when, they, when you want to remove them, they can fight in a very big way mm. and destroy the whole organization, mm. its customers, and many other things. I wouldn't hire anyone into a very serious leadership position without knowing what type of personality they have. Yeah. And and we've got a personality test. Yeah, we that, do. Uh, oh, there that, are uh, plenty of good personality assessment. There is a guy called Thomas uh, Chomoro. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book, uh, Why Incompetent Men Get Into Leadership. <laughs> okay? It's a, he actually, I, I like the books yeah, that you're yeah, suggesting. So yeah. he, he chronicles. <laughs> yeah. I actually interviewed him as well. He chronicles uh, why is it that people hire leaders who then fail. And he talks about with the example. What's, what's the bottom line? Uh, Why do we hide personality? personality? We get the personality yes. wrong. Let me give you another example, Trevor. Integrity. You can only teach integrity when someone is young. So let's say you are now on a board and they say, go for integrity training. <laughs> <laughs> you are wasting your money. Of course. Uh, at this age, do you think you teach me integrity? Integrity. No ways. Integrity is tied to personality. So uh, I know 85% of it is hereditary. Wow. Partly, uh, the wow. remainder is partly childhood experience. This is, this yeah. is amazing. What, yeah. you're, what yeah. you're sharing here, yeah. I, you know, I wish there's a, a, you know, more people going to watch this mm. thing because this is a mind opener. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't teach me integrity. At no this ways, age. no ways. Yeah. So integrity is largely hereditary and partly childhood experience before the age of ten. Mm. So between that period, how you treat your kids, how you the kind of values mm. that you instill in them, that's what matters. Let me give you an example. Have you noticed that uh, most of the people who steal in one company, you move them to another company, they will steal. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes, it did. A good person with a good integrity, regardless of come and they won't touch, they won't touch it. Even if you leave this cup, they won't touch it. So I don't know why people, mm -hmm. they must read that book, Denying the Grand. So the, yeah. the, to the company that you're talking about, <laughs> that um, um, this retail outlet, mm. um, and you're saying they don't have security guards, they, they, there's, they don't there's no theft. Yeah. So it's clearly, they get it right on recruitment. On recruitment. Yeah. And also when you start trusting people, you hire the right people, uh, right level, right roles, right personality, mm. you'll find that uh, the people then also trust you back. Mm. And that's what is Is happening. it possible mm. with the scientific uh, information that you're talking about, mm. with uh, the personality mm. uh, assessments, that we can get things wrong? Even with all that, that sometimes you'll hire the wrong people, even when you've got... The, the problem, what normally happens is, Trevor is trying to hire someone, and uh, I say to Trevor, Trevor, this person is very brilliant, technically sound, but they will give you problems in terms of their relationships with other people, your customers, your employees, and colleagues. So, no, 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 I know them. You take them. This is what has happened. So, the, I'm overriding. The overriding. The the, that's what normally the people override the science. Mm. You do everything, they know the, the right things are done, but it's overridden. Then, after a few years, the same people come to you and say, Look, you actually were right. We have just fired that guy. <laughs> but the cost? Oh, huge. Yeah. They go at a huge cost. You rarely get people at that level going cheap. The way you get managed 
is uh, determines whether you're going to, to stay there. I, I had a very interesting story with a colleague. Uh, she was junior to me uh, uh, in terms of uh, hierarchy and everything. But uh, she joined an international company. And at that time, she was very happy. Then when the boss changed, she said, you know, look, I've already developed the hypertension. Every morning we ask, oh, these are the new hairstyles. These shoes are ugly, you know, from the boss. Imagine. Wow. And eventually she had to leave. Psychological safety and personality, those are the key for teams. Yeah. Uh, without, you can take people to, to, to Vic Force. Mm -hmm. If their personality is not right, <laughs> you can't change you them. Can. Yeah. No. Imagine getting free access to the Newsday, the Standard, the Zimbabwe Independent, and the Weekly Digest for a full month. Well, you can. And all you need to do is download the Newsday e-reader app on Google Play Store or scan the Newsday QR code in any of the AMH print publications and start enjoying the quality content. say um, people leave managers, mm. not companies. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it, 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 to a large extent it is true. Um, the way you get managed is uh, de determines whether you're going to, to stay there. I, I had a very interesting story with a colleague. Uh, she was junior to me uh, uh, in terms of uh, hierarchy and everything. But uh, she joined an international company and at that time she was very happy. Then when the boss changed, she said, you know, look, I've already developed hypertension. Every morning we ask, oh, these are the new hairstyles. These shoes are ugly, you know, from the boss. Imagine. Wow. And eventually she had to leave. Hmm. And that's true. So she left a manager. She left a manager. Company. She loved the company. She wow. loved the brand. Very good international brand, but she had to leave. And there are many others in that particular situation. There are companies that don't pay very well. But they've got the right leadership. Mm. People stay. Mm. The companies that pay extremely well, and people still walk away. Still, still walk away from the money. People mm. say, "Look, I would rather have peace of mind than earning this money, mm. and they know have no life at all." Mm. Yeah, so that's the challenge. That so it's true. Mm. Yeah, is, is loyalty still a big thing in Zimbabwe in the workplace? Are people still loyal? I don't. I don't think you should hire loyal employees. Mm -hmm. You don't need them. Mm -hmm. You want uh, renewal. People must leave. Mm -hmm. uh, five years. Six years, it's enough. They must go elsewhere and do uh, uh, national service elsewhere. Mm, mm. But uh, when you're there, yeah. should you be, should, is loyalty a thing? Uh, if you look at our particular situation, I don't think there is very few people actually loyal. They are only loyal to their own pocket because <laughs> they need to survive. <laughs> so while it's, I, I, if, if you go there and looking for loyalty, you'll be very disappointed. So mm. I would not look for loyalty. Or just are you giving me value within the, the mm. structures that we have mm. as a business? Mm. That for me is more important than saying, are you loyal? Mm. Yeah. Memory, I am fascinated by your journey mm -hmm. at two levels. Mm -hmm. Your education um, and the way you rose mm -hmm. uh, in your career. Let's start with where you were born. Okay. Where were you born? Where did you go to okay. school? So I was born in Chivi, uh, that's uh, Masringo. Mm -hmm. uh, grew up there, stayed there for a very long time. My father was uh, working for a mine. He started in Mashawa, then went to Shaban, then after Shaban, Kama TV. So I spent a bit of my time in Matabela in the north. Uh, probably half of my lifetime in Matabele and North. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kama TV close to Binga. Yes. Uh -huh. 
So I know that area very well. That's where I went to school. So my, my father was a, was a, was a miner. So when we went to, to mining schools, we were, were very good in terms of facilities. I do remember at that time that we had teachers from outside the country, especially to teach the sciences. And my math teacher was from Germany, and I liked maths at that time. Then after that, I then went to, uh, waiting for A-level results, went to teach. Uh, that was a, a very good experience for me for three months. In what way? Where was it good? Uh, it was an eye opener. You know, when you start from school and you now know how to handle a work situation. And, and I remember that time the headmaster that we had, he was saying, look, you guys are just too young. I don't think you are ready <laughs> to teach. But I learned a lot out of, yeah. out of that. So when I went to university, uh, I, wanted, you know, I wanted to do geography. I was also confused. I wanted to do geography because I had enjoyed teaching. Right. So I was teaching geography. All right. So I wanted to now teach geography, yeah, to go and do geography, a degree in geography, then come back. Then one of my cousins uh, was doing statistics. Then said, look, uh, explore your options. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go? He actually said, let's go to, to the psychology, social science department. And we went there and saw some of the lecturers and said, look, I think I like psychology. That's how I started, and I never looked back. Wow. Uh, one thing that also happened uh, while I studied university is that, which I, I think other people uh, who are in college would do, is that uh, immediately when I joined first year, one of the lecture, lecturers that we had, Josephine Jordan, she was one of the top uh, psychologists at that time, also interacting with industry. She mm. said, look, if you want to be up there and probably run your own business, you must start preparing now. You are lucky that I'm talking to you. He, she actually took me out to Kimbra. Uh, that was my first yeah. time going to a Chicken. restaurant. Yeah, to proper, proper. Uh, struggled a bit, but uh, survived. Um, <laughs> with fork and knife. With fork and knife, yeah. So after that, uh, in, in that discussion, let's, look, let's, well, let's start preparing your CV now. Let's, let's, let's dream and, and write down what you want to do. I then at that time said, you know what? She, uh, the question that she asked me, said, look, which companies do you want to work for? As a starting point, just give you the right groundwork. In terms of uh, experience, I said I want to work for Barclays, I want to work for BHP, I want to work for NSTD and those three. And I worked for all of them after. Uh, and I've told people this story, true story. Wow. So I prepared my CV. I, I will share my CV, my original CV, one day on Twitter. Uh, I still have it. And all my references from. Well, you've got it, so we can share it with, yes, uh, yes, with the can, viewers. Yes, yeah, I we'll can, put it up there. Yes, yeah? yes. Mm -hmm. I'll share my. my, my it's one of the best CVs. People can't do their CVs that good even up to now. Okay, so after that, she then said, look, uh, I want you to go for uh, communication skills was compulsory. Uh, it was not part of the degree program, but it was compulsory. But people were running away from going for communication skills. So I, she said, you must go every class. You must go in there. She said, uh, go and learn computers. The computer. So she was basically mentoring. Yes. Go and learn computers. Go and do statistics. Uh, I want you to learn any one of the. You can't be a scientist if you don't know how to do science statistical uh, analysis. So first year, end of first year, I was already very good in most of the computer packages. I was good in statistics, most of the best statistics. Uh, I was good communication presentation skills have never been a problem for me uh, ever since that time. So when I then got to to, to third year. I was really serious. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Okay, I said if I go to work for Barclays, BHP, any one of those, and uh, build enough experience, I want to go into the big accounting firms and go into consulting. 
get the necessary experience going to leadership. And you are at undergraduate level. I was in uh, third year. That third time. year. Yeah. And I mean, when I was third year, I wasn't thinking like you. Uh, yeah. Uh, How do you explain this? I got help. That's my cousin. So, yeah. Yeah. My cousin, when he when he took me to psychology department, changed my mind from geography to psychology. You know what? When I went to psychology, that was the bit that I missed. The first few, first term with terms, not the semesters like they are. The first few, first, second term, I was really not interested. So I would just write exams to pass. Then after that conversation mm. with Josephine Jordan, mm. I changed. We started getting two ones, one there, two ones. I got very serious. That's, that's when my life changed in terms of approach. Mm. Uh, when we got to... Who is Josephine Jordan now? She, she's in the UK. Yeah, we we talk. Yeah, we we talk. Uh, she knows that you had this influence on. She had this influence on you. She actually predicted it wow. at that time, yeah, and she has referred a lot of people to me, even some outside the country. They talk to this person when you go there. Wow. They have a conversation. Yeah. She, she had a huge influence. Most people didn't like her, but she was very tough. She she when we were doing our dissertations for for for, for our final year, mm. we had, uh, we were five of us. Uh, six of us, she chased away the, the rest will remain three remained three of us. Mm. And the three out of those three, the other one is led. Out of the three, the other one myself. Well, what, what is it that you think she taught you? I mean, through this encounter. She encounters. was very good at planning mm-hmm. and getting things done. Okay. That one was a ritual. You, you, you couldn't escape. You couldn't go there. We were actually having dissertation meetings at a house in Epping, uh, in Mount Pleasant, every morning at nine. So if you have not done anything, she would almost like set a dog on you. Do you understand? So... <laughs> Uh, so she would say, look, walk out. And the dogs were outside. And you, you have not done anything. She tell you, look, you can leave. First time. And she opened the door. Leave. Yeah. Please leave. Yeah. And other people couldn't handle it. I said, what do you think? I, I got perseverance. I, I can go through very difficult times and I survive. Mm. Okay. So that's one of the, the things that she picked early. Mm. So after, after all that, uh, you know, I, when I did my dissertation, uh, it was actually publishable material. So they wanted to publish the journal at, at the University of Zimbabwe at that time. I did, uh, uh, it's called the Theory of Reason Action uh, in relation to student uh, uh, activism. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would people, students, go on strike? We went into the theory of psychology and uh, unpacked it. And it was publishable material, but they refused to publish it. Uh, after it, this, it's not been published up to now. It's not been published, uh, mm-hmm. but it's publishable material. Okay. Yeah, so I will, I will revisit after this conversation because <laughs> you made me remember <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so, so, so after 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 that, she really taught me a lot. Uh, uh, just interacting. Mm. Yeah. So you finish your 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 undergraduate, and and then what do you do? The, when we were in undergrad, we we uh, that, that's when I got this uh, bachelor's because they, they they would come to the university and say apply. Mm. There will be a job advert on the on the on the on those notice boards. Applied. Let me tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. So when I applied for the practice bank job, uh, other people got called for interviews. And I was not. And I knew I was one of the top students uh, at that time. Uh, I had to be called, uh, unless there was a very valid reason why I was not But you called. were not called. I was, uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Get, in actual fact, they had called me, but they sent the, was there for communication. They, yeah. there were no cell phones. <laughs> so they sent the communication at uh, Fairfield, Sulisir uh, Airbus. That's where I was staying with my uncle at that time. So the letter came three weeks later. Others have already started. Oh, so what I did is I, 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 I took my letter, went to Barclays Bank. You know Barclays Bank? Yeah. yeah. 
So I went there, I said to the secretary, no, look, I was supposed to come for an interview, uh, but uh, I, I, I missed uh, the opportunity. Ah, go away. Uh, there was no way they would talk to you. So I was arguing with this secretary. The, the PA to the, the CEO of Buckley's that time had the discussion. Then she said, look, uh, what can I do for you? I explained my story. I said, mm, it will be difficult, but let's go and see the CEO. We went up. Uh, I said, just give me two minutes of your time. Yeah. Uh, she went inside, talked to the CEO. She said, come in. Uh, then um, when I explained the CEO, I said, look, this job, I can actually do better than probably some of the people that have hired for this role. That's what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. I said, why? I said, I, I know I can do it. I said, okay, uh, can you come for an interview too? Then I went away, uh, came back for an interview. There were now four people in the panel. Mm -hmm. It's just it for me. Mm -hmm. So I, soon after the interview, I was offered the job. I actually waited for my offer letter. Okay. Then I, I, the following Monday, this was a Friday, the following Monday, I then joined the others on training, the other group. Wow. And then I told them, you guys, you should have told me that you've been hired because I was supposed to start <laughs> with you. That's how I started. That, why would they? I mean, yeah, it's a, yeah. so, and the other thing, Trevor, I have never attended a job interview and failed. Hmm. Whether it was lucky, I don't know. But I also prepared. Hmm. Yeah, which is something that I always do. Well, your, 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 your um, uh, sessions with uh, your lecturer, yeah, yeah, Joseph Jordan, Jordan, Jordan yeah, prepared. The discipline the, clearly has stayed with you yeah, um, uh, yeah. up to now. Yeah, so... so, so uh, uh, after when I joined uh, BHP, I then started doing my master's uh, uh, program because I wanted to be registered as a psychologist. You can't mm. be registered here without going without, through uh, a master's, then you need to go through an internship, uh, a supervised internship to be registered because it's a, psychology is a controlled area. Mm. You can't practice psychology because someone with a first degree in psychology, even a master's degree, they're not a psychologist until they re get registered with the regulator. Mm. And you get uh, your practicing certificate renewed uh, your, your, uh, every year. Just like so you got your MSc in 2001? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you went to, you studied as a personal assistant yes. with, with Tenable. Tenable. Yeah. Then you went and did, that's when you did a graduate uh, Lena Human Resource yes. with uh, BHP. BHP. Yes. You spent some time with uh, Ernst and Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the decision to go um, on your own as an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Um, 2004, yeah. you launched an yeah. industrial psychology consultant. What where happened? You it, are was, now... it was, it, at that time, I was not ready. It, it was not, so it was forced. You forced it. <laughs> I don't know, it was not, Let me give you a bit of history. When I went to BHP, remember BHP, the way it closed. Mm. There was no notice. So we went, you know, we're going to BHP with those luxury buses, the blue arrows. I remember them. How we used to envy you. Yes. <laughs> we used to love that. And you had lovely uniforms, I yes. think. Yes. Uh, blue the, and white or Yes. The, so, so we went there uh, one morning. I think it was on Wednesday. We got there and uh, uh, John Anderson, who was the, the, the director of HR, came to the bus and said, look, guys, we've had a slight uh, problem at the mine. We wanted to go back home. We celebrated. <laughs> went back home that same night. I then he had people coming to me and say, look, the company is closed. I, I couldn't believe it. But I, 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 I had a bit of insight because of what I was doing there. Well, some of the calculations that you start getting, say, look, can you do this permutation? Mm -hmm. Can you do this permutation mm -hmm. if we were to close it? This? That time, it did give me a, a bit of insight into what was likely to happen. Mm. So I was not as shocked as the other ones because of where I was in the department that I was working. I was also working very close to the guy who was running HR at that time. So 
BHP closed with no plan for me. Mm. And friends disappeared. Basically disappeared. Had no friends at that time. That's it, it's yeah. it's it's a very clarifying moment. Yeah. When you lose your job mm. and the people that you thought were close to you mm. walk away. And Even when they do a courtesy call of just saying, How are you? They will make sure the call is as brief as possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I mean it, it, we we had um uh, our lawyer friend, uh, you know, who who got involved in an accident mm. and uh, is in a wheelchair, mm. uh, and he says, you know, when he was at St. Giles, the people that he thought were his friends mm. disappeared. Mm -hmm. What does that say about human nature? Well, for as, as far as your own experience is concerned, my my view is that friendship is uh, materialistic. That's one. Uh, as long as people benefit uh, from you, from you, they, they they keep the relationship open. Once the benefits disappear. They disappear. They disappear as well. But they are true friends. You mm -hmm. do get one or two, uh, two true friends. So you you get you, you lose your job. BHP closes down. Your yeah. friends walk away from you. Yes. You are now Luckily, on your own. What then happened is that uh, at, at that time I was asked uh, to say, can you remain for two weeks to do the uh, permutations in terms of payments? I see. Uh, because I was also in charge of remuneration at that time. So I remained uh, while I was there. Then one of the guys said, look, uh, uh, the, my boss, uh, John Anderson at that time, uh, John Anderson was uh, uh, one up. I had my boss, Tapiwane uh, Longwe, he's still available. We, we meet occasionally, a very good boss. So at that time I said to Tapio, look, I want to look for a job. While I'm helping, I want to look for a, for a job. Mm -hmm. Then uh, one, the boss said, look, let me just call Ernest and talk to, to Trace Chitten then that time. And see if they they can interview. Uh, they, was they talked about looking for for consultant? So called and said tomorrow, please come for an interview. When they got the job, the same day I got the offer letter. Attention, yeah. yeah, offer letter. I got the offer letter and started a new chapter there. So worked for Ernestine Young for a while. After that, I then said, let me explore. Then went into banking uh, with rapid discounters. Oh, yes, uh, rapid yes. discounters. When there was the group HR manager for for rapid discounters. Uh, stayed there. Then you remember 2000, the, 2003, the bank closed. Uh, closure. Closure. Uh, closed all of, they closed the discount house. I was in the, on the holding company. So you could, if the discount house goes, you can't remain there. Because that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. So one way or the other, I had to, you had to, to go. go. Again, the friends disappeared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Luckily, what I had done that time, I had my own personal car. I Sorry for laughing, but <laughs> I just find you, you know, this is very funny. This friends. Yeah. So, so I had my company car, which they took day one when they said, look, we can't leave the cars in the basement. That's the message. Natural fact, what happened that day was that uh, when they closed, you know, that time they were moving with the bank and the, and, the, and the police. And I everything. remember. Yeah. So they would come. I was the HR group, HR man, and said, who can we see here? Uh, said, look, you can. Um, uh, the, the receptionist said, "This Mr. Ngu, I think it would be the best way to coordinate the other guys." So the guys, Mr. Ngu, I wanted by people here. They seem to have to be looking for you. Reserve bank and police. And uh, yes, the, the way they were doing that time. So when I, uh, you know, when you're in trouble, you don't we don't use the the, the lift. Mm -hmm. So I was on ninth floor. You use the stairs. You use the stairs. So I, the stairs would give you enough time to think and 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 look at where could I have committed. <laughs> Some, some offense. So so I walked down ninth floor to the to the to the seventh floor. Well, go there. Said, look, can you bring uh, yeah the in charge of HR? I said, no, no I'm in charge of HR of two business, three business units. 
So now we want from uh, the people from this uh, said you won't be able to separate them. Just uh, who do you want to see? The other said you can go into your bedroom and also bring your car keys. Okay, so people, you know, first thing is put your car keys there. <laughs> Some people brought two cars. So said, okay, the car, no one goes into the basement to get the cars. Okay, uh, and you guys must go home. Huh. Okay, so all of us were 12 of us, the senior guys there. Some who had nothing to do with the, what was happening in the, in the, the, the way they were, the, the, all the, the banks, discounters, yeah, yeah. And the banks were being run that time. So the people, instead of using the lift again, we were told we must leave, lock and leave. So we walked from the ninth floor up to the ground. First people, were, no one was talking to each other. So you know, you know, it was a cap center. So you walk across to Greaterman there. That was uh, uh, Greaterman there. You look back and look there and say, look, it's gone. It That's how it ended. Wow. Luckily for me, because I was in HR, I had to stay for about six again months. To again, closing to closing down. Yeah, to help. But there were also other employees who were, mm. uh, there were lots of employees who were not involved in the, in the other. So arm. is that the situation that then forces you to start uh, my, your yeah, consultancy? Yes. So That's after that, I then said, look, let me sell my car. I, I, I then looked for a colleague friend who was a dentist and at that time. They had also left and went to the U.S., came back and said, why don't you start something? She said, look, let's go and start at my house in Ghana. That's how we started. So it was yourself, your computer and my computer and we... We we looked for internet. You know, it was dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. So you would see. So you some... sold your car to fund the business. Yes, that's how I started, and I never looked back. And uh, are I, you still together with the partner? No, she then left and went uh, went away. Okay. Yeah, but um, I think the lessons for me is that once mm. you decide to start a business, you must go in there with a the passion uh, for for that business. How long uh, have you been in business now? Oh, more than fifteen years. Fifteen now. years. Yeah. Um, it's going well, obviously. You sit on a number of boards. You are in, yeah, in demand. I, 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 I can't complain. Yeah. Um, also, remember, I brought John Maxwell, yes. Stephen Covey. I was going to talk to you about that. The, why? Why were you doing that? You, you know, you, I was there when, when I started doing my masters and also the experience that I started getting in terms of leadership. Yeah. I just thought there was a gap. Stephen Covey, for example, um, for me. Uh, that kind of leadership lessons, I thought they would rub off someone. Mm. Uh, and remember, when he came, there were more than a thousand people at Celebration Center. Yes. The only problem was those guys were very expensive. They would charge you hundred thousand years mm. to bring them in, and you need to make sure that you recover your money. Did you make your money? Did you make money out of that? On Stephen Cove, I did. You did. Uh, on uh, John Maxwell, slightly. Mm. Uh, then I stopped. Because it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't money. Ma- making money. On yeah. Stephen Cove, we we capitalized on the numbers. Yeah. But you know what? I nearly collapsed when I brought him in. What happened is that Stephen Covey was coming from Mauritius, paid everything, all the because they would move with an entourage. So I go to the airport in the evening to receive Stephen Covey. Then uh, the plane from the South African Airways arrived, that one that used to come around 8 9, mm. and he's not there. And I've taken people's money. And the, I, I was just imagining the next thing is to go to the police. Isn't it? Why would I go home? <laughs> to go straight to the police and to go surrender myself? That I've taken people would never believe you that Stephen Cole was going. People were been doubting that Stephen Cole is going to come. No, they said you are too little. So he's not on the flight. But uh, what then? What happens? Then I I call. He said uh, I missed my Zimbabwe flight. It was an Zimbabwe okay flight. So, but I said, you know, we are starting at nine tomorrow. 
So I had to run around to do SA Airlink. Okay? I didn't sleep that night. The whole night, I called my young brothers and we just stayed awake. You were worried? Yeah, yeah. If, he, if, he, if, he, if he did come, it means I would have to refund mm. a thousand people. So, so yes, mm. some of us are watching you doing this. Yeah. Like, wow. Mm. Memory is having a good time. Mm. But meanwhile, memory is not... Oh, uh, it was... Uh, so you say it nearly destroyed you? Yes. In that what, was going to be the, yeah, it, was, it, it was going to be the end of me. The, the who is who, including ministers, came there. To I Stephen see, Covey. I see. Yeah. Uh, they, including people from Botswana, Zambia, traveled mm. to mm. come and watch Stephen Covey. Mm. Yeah, That's yeah. where you say you made a bit of money. Yeah. Okay. So... Then in the morning, after I secured, there were five of them, so I had to only secure, I managed to secure two tickets. I said, you go in the, on, the, on the plane and someone else, wherever it is. So they then managed to arrive in the morning. I drove straight to Celebration Center from, <laughs> from the airport. So he had no time to rest. He had to rest behind the, the, those other rooms. That's, so that's what happened. So people think that it was, not, it was easy. I learned my lessons. You decided. Think, yeah. I remember after Stephen Covey, John Maxwell, others started trying to bring other people. It's very expensive. expensive. There's no way you can uh, mm. bring hundred thousand to 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 bring. They're very expensive. With Stephen mm. Covey, but the good. idea is good yeah. because you want to um, uh, cross fertilization mm. and influence mm. people and so forth. But it's expensive. Yeah, but it's a very expensive. Yeah. People also don't want to pay money. They yeah. think uh, if it's you, it should be cheap. Mm. Mm. Memory, tell mm. me, mm. with your experience, you, you sit on boards and so mm. forth. Yeah. What is the one thing that frustrates frustrates you about our workspace? Mm. Our HR, uh, that one thing that you think if it was removed, mm. this would I be... I think the first thing is that if you look, uh, uh, most of the boards have no HR person on them. Uh-huh. That's the first starting point. So anything HR that goes there, it doesn't, it's not given the priority except salaries. Mm. The rest is not given priority. Mm. Uh, and um, you also notice that most of the people who are actually chairing HR committees have no HR background at mm. all. So the prioritization of, of, of HR issues at board level, mm. I don't think it sometimes is given the right, uh, the mm. right uh, priority. What does that say about, about um, our giving HR the right space? I think some, I, I don't really blame some of them. I think it's out of ignorance, okay. not knowing that there's so yeah. much value that can come out of of, 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 of of HR. But also more importantly, I think as you go into those boards, mm. one of the key lessons that I have learned is that uh, boards that succeed, uh, they focus mm. on certain areas, mm. strategy, culture, mm. high level. Mm. Uh, the boards that get very operational tend to clash with management mm. and the animosity and many mm. other things that then happens there. But uh, for me, I think the biggest uh, lesson for me, uh, I would actually, I want to write a book after mm-hmm. uh, on uh, my experience on, on, on these boards. Uh, if you've got a chairman mm. who is engaging, who is consultative, you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I've had an opportunity to work with brilliant people even mm. now. Brilliant people. You know, you, you, when you go there, mm. I can say whatever I want. Mm. Okay? Mm. But others, you go there, you're a student. Mm. You understand? So you're subordinate. A board is not supposed to be subordinate. Yeah. There's no subordinate in yeah. a board. So the, the, the structural problems do happen in the board. We look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, yeah. To that, yeah. that so that, that's what you find most yeah. of the time. Any, yeah. any regrets in life? Stuff that has humbled you big time? Um, Any failures that have uh, that you might want to share that uh, teach people one or two lessons? I wouldn't say yeah, because I, the experience of uh, having to sell a car to start a business. I yeah. think that's that's discipline. You know, I, 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 my, my, the, the lesson is that I should have started very early ah. uh, because I was told 
by Josephine Jordan at that time. That look, if you want to be wherever you want to be, run your foundation own now. Mm. And I'd done most of the stuff. Mm. But I was just, too, you know, when you go into some of these banks and you got an executive role, the car is there, yeah. they, they gave me money to buy a house yeah, that time. Yeah. Uh, within a You're months, comfortable. Oh, you yeah. become very comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, one last question mm. for you. Yeah. Um, Jake Walsh, mm. talking about unions, says, I thought they created conditions that made the company less competitive and they drove an unnecessary wedge between management and employees. Mm -hmm. What's your view on unions? The challenge in this country is that the unions are protected by the constitution. Uh, Section 65 of the constitution. Uh, it gives employees every right, a right to join a trade union of their choice and uh, in get involved in the activities. But in this country, I think uh, the way we are structured, mm -hmm. it's not as in America. The American situation is a more antagonistic. In our situation, was when you go into an organization, you go to your workers' committee, yeah. which then goes into the works council, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the works uh, and the workers' committee can also go straight direct to the union, the NECs, the National Employment Council. The structures are there. My worry is that the structures are not being utilized to the fullest. Mm. But I don't think we have got big problems uh, in terms of unions. Because remember, the unions will bring issues, uh, although some become political, obvious, uh, in the sense that uh, instead of raising genuine employee concerns, they raise uh, certain issues to up their profile rather than focusing on that's, them. That's the danger. Yeah, that's the danger. That yeah. is because most of the time we find someone who goes into a union, Eventually, where they, you find they already someone there. That's the problem yeah. we have. That's and, and that's why I asked this question, yeah. that mm. the tendencies, the people that join unions mm. uh, in Zimbabwe, in South Africa, I mean, those spaces yeah. I know yeah. very well, yeah. tend to be political activists. That's, that's very and good. therefore, they don't have the interest of the company, per se. They are looking at the profile that they're building. Yeah, Am yeah, I right? Yeah, very correct. The profile, but also one telling thing is that the condition that they're advocating for you to pay or do, they don't practice them in their own union. Mm. Okay, they don't pay that much in <laughs> the union. Pay, pay PDL linked desire wage, but they don't pay their own stuff. Mm. The PDL linked wage. So, yeah, the, the the infrastructure for unions and engagement to the workplace is there mm. and properly safeguarded by the laws of the country. But I don't think people are utilizing it for that purpose. Mm. Yeah. joy talking to you. We've already shared, I think, about four or five books, but still, I want you to share with our viewers who love books out there, you know, at least three books that, uh, apart from the ones that you've okay. already shared, that you'd say, read this book. And, and I think there the, are the one that I would recommend you people read is called uh, uh, Think Again by Adam Grant. Mm -hmm. uh, but that book, uh, what it tells you is to how to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. It's almost ready to uh, dying to the, to, to the, to the grave. Then um, uh, the other book that I think uh, uh, for people who are in boards, there's a book by Ramsharam mm -hmm. uh, uh, called Boards That Excel. Mm -hmm. I actually shared it with my colleagues this morning. It's a wonderful book. One okay. because it's sharing experiences also. You know, you can t almost tick yeah. the, the yeah. lessons. That this applies. This applies. This applies. Then um, the fearless organization by Emed Monson. Uh, mm -hmm. I would ask everyone to. It chronicles failures of how organizations are losing out or by not allowing their employee to speak out. Mm. Yeah, not a union, but to, to, to be allowed to contribute, in fact, without any career limiting 
consequences yourself. Yeah. Career and limiting mm -hmm. consequences. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. psychology, what did you call it? Yeah. Psychology. The psychological safety. Safety. Yeah. Um, Google did a big study on it. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's because they found that psychological safety and personality, those are the key for teams. Yeah. Uh, without, you can take people to 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 Vic Falls mm -hmm. if their personality is not right. <laughs> you can't change them. Yeah, no. memory. It's yeah. been such Thank a joy you. talking to you. I've learned so much, and I think you've shared what five, six, seven books. Yeah, um, and uh, your story is a, is a, is a fascinating story. You are a great mind. Um, you play an important role. In this country in terms of hr issues and we really appreciate thank you, you and we wish you all the thank very you. best we're going to bring you back to mm. do a master class because thank we you. think you are that kind of there's a lot of master classes in you yeah. and that book that needs to be published eh? yes right yeah i will that one is a good <laughs> memory one. allow me to turn now to our viewers who are all over the world who follow this show on a weekly basis remember we are out on youtube every monday 7 a.m central african time to ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations such as the one I've had with my brother Memory here, please click onto this red button and subscribe. When and if you subscribe, you'll get an alert uh, every time we have one of these quality conversations. We've gone a step further and created platforms for podcasts. So every conversation is available on a podcast. Um, go to our website. We've created a website for you. We have a, newslet a weekly newsletter for you. Uh, for insights and, and updates on, on the things that we are doing. Uh, remember to subscribe, to share, and to like. Until next time, cheers to you all.